Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Sue sent me a story, so check this out. And I've talked about this notion before. So from lawandcrime.com, and uh, Allura Nanos wrote this, State Farm hit with massive racial discrimination lawsuit over automated system that allegedly treats black homeowners with extra suspicion. So the question is, you buy the homeowner's insurance and you file a claim. Is your claim treated any differently based on your race? That's the question. And I've mentioned before that I've had cases where I'm convinced my clients were treated differently because they were black. So Jacqueline Husky is a black homeowner in Illinois, and she's suing State Farm for racial discrimination in his claims decisions. She's the lead plaintiff in a class action filed recently in federal court in Illinois. She says State Farm's own data shows that the company processed claims slower, paid out claims less frequently, and subjected claims to greater scrutiny when the claimants were black. The lawsuit has potential to be groundbreaking not only in scope, but also because of the reliance on the insurer's allegedly discriminatory internal data mining. And so there are hundreds of unnamed plaintiffs who could join this case if it receives class certification, and the allegations uh, could add up to hundreds of millions of dollars in potential liability. Now, here's the thing. People are going to say, Steve, come on. Well, they're saying that they've found in State Farm's own data that this can be borne out. So, again, that's an allegation. We'll see if it comes to fruition. But unless you work within State Farm, you cannot say, gee, Steve, I don't believe that. We don't, you know. Like I said, I encountered situations that I was convinced that this argument supports in my law practice. So the 26-page complaint alleges that claims made by black homeowners are disproportionately subjected to greater suspicion than claims made by their white counterparts. Company requests more documentation, more interactions with black claimants, the complaint says, thereby causing slower payouts and increased inconvenience. As a result, the plaintiff here says that black policyholders suffer a detrimental impact to the value of their home and their quality of life as necessary repairs remain unaddressed for months on end, which means that black state farm policyholders receive a less valuable product than white state farm policyholders. The data on which this lawsuit relies is not simply anecdotal, which I admit mine would be, because I represented several people who had claims against State Farm who were black. Now you say, Steve, you don't know. There may have been just as many white people who hired other people. That's possible. So that makes my stories anecdotal. They're anecdotes. They're just stories. They're, they're true stories, but we don't know if they're a sample of a larger set or not. However, they say here that this is supported by the company's automated claims processing methods. The complaint explains that State Farm uses algorithms to screen for potentially fraudulent claims and to distinguish more complex claims from simpler ones. Plaintiff says these algorithms rely on biometric data that functions as proxies for race, collects intrusive behavioral data that functions as proxies for race, such as geolocation, social media presence, and browser search history. And by the way, And they also use historical housing and claims data that are themselves infected with racial bias. But the idea that looking at your browser search history to decide whether or not your claim should be granted or denied, that right there is a little odd, isn't it? And I can tell you that for years, State Farm would make you fill out a, 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 a waiver that would let them check your credit. They could run your credit uh, to see if, if, if somehow you burned down your own house. And um, if you didn't cooperate and let them 
pull your credit, then they go, oh, you're not cooperating with us. We can just deny the claim now. So very, very strange. And, and many people who had claims uh, where, like, you know, for instance, your house gets destroyed by a tornado or your house burns down. You've already been traumatized by the event. Then you call up an insurance company to file a claim and you find yourself being traumatized a second time by the process that they run you through to decide if they're going to pay your claim or not. Uh, according to the plaintiff, taken together, State Farm's data collection methods and the results for black homeowners constitute a violation of the Fair Housing Act. So that's an interesting way to approach this. Uh, as for her own case, her roof was damaged by hail in June of 2021. Though she reported the claim, which was her first ever with that insurer, State Farm did not respond for over a month. Over a period of four months, she pursued her claim but failed to reach an adequate resolution with State Farm. According to the complaint, as a result of that delay, she experienced further damage to her home, water damage to her kitchen and two bathrooms caused by leaks in the unrepaired roof and a decrease in her home's overall value. She estimates that she's had 20 to 30 conversations with State Farm regarding the claim, including as recently as May of 2022. She argues that modern data mining practices are often inherently discriminatory and provides um, Amazon as an example of automated hiring practices resulting in biased decisions. Algorithmic decision-making and data analytics are not, should not be assumed to be race nor gender neutral, the complaint argues. Too often, they reinforce and even exacerbate historical and existing discrimination. So it goes on and on here. Uh, Lawandcrime.com reached out to the plaintiff and uh, counsel for the plaintiff in this case and did not get a response. Uh, so they're probably going to let the lawsuit do their talking for them. But I can tell you anecdotally that I've had cases before where someone called me up and said I filed a claim with an insurance company and I used to handle these claims. And so a lot of people would call me. They said, hey, I understand you handle these claims because not many attorneys do. And I'd say, yeah, and I'd meet with these people. And uh, more often than not, uh, I would discover that it was a black homeowner whose home was damaged or a black car owner whose car was stolen. And their knee-jerk response was, uh, you stole your own car or, or you caused the damage to your own house. And they would do that, unfortunately, it seemed to me, more often than they ought to. And um, I actually deposed claims adjusters and said, why did you deny this claim? And they would say things like, well, it's fake. It's a fake claim. What evidence do you have that it's a fake claim? And they would start going through just stuff in the file. Well, you know, the, the, the house is damaged and there's, um, uh, it was fire, but it didn't look to me like it was a real fire. Okay, what about it didn't look like a real fire to you? Well, I've been doing these claims for 20 years. didn't look real to me. Okay, can, can you explain to me what about it didn't look real to you? Well, I, I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years, and, and it didn't look real to me, so I denied, denied the claim. I, or I recommended the claim be denied. And I've mentioned before, and I know I've told this story before, where a client of mine, had her, her, her car was stolen. And so she contacted me, and she had her car insured. And um, they, they denied her claim. They go, we think you faked the theft of your own car because you couldn't make the payments on it, despite the fact she was current on it. And so we had to go to trial on that because they refused to settle. They just, no, we'll see you in court. We're going to win this in court. And we had a bench trial in front of a judge in uh, Mount Clemens, Michigan. And um, after the plaintiffs put in their case, that would be, that would be me, <laughs> the defendants started putting in their case, and uh, the judge actually stopped. He actually stopped 
the proceedings. And he said, wait, is this really what you guys are going on? Pointing at the, at the insurance company. And they go, yeah. And he goes, what other witnesses do you have? And, and they go, no, this, this is it. This is our witness. And he goes, um, yeah, I don't think we need to really proceed much further. And made it very, very clear that, that they hadn't put up anything. They had, so what, and I'll be honest, it was a short trial, okay? My client got up and testified and explained how her car got stolen, okay? In other words, where, where it was, what, you know, she came out, it was gone, and then how she was later notified that they found her car, that kind of thing. And so they cross-examined her on that, and then that was the entire case for me. So we rest, and they put their guy on the stand, their guy gets in the stand and says, well, it looked like a fake theft to me. And I got to cross-examine him because he made the statement, nothing of value was taken from the car. Now, I'm possibly paraphrasing that because I don't have the transcript in front of me. But he said something effective, nothing of value was taken from the car. And I said, the car was recovered, correct? Yes. Where was the battery? Well, it was missing. Where was the stereo? It was missing. Where was the, uh, the, the tires and the rims? Didn't the car have four tires and rims on it? They were missing. Where was the license plate? Missing. And then he goes, sir, can I point out something? I go, yes. He goes, license plates have no value. <laughs> I go, so since you stopped me on that one, are you willing to concede that the battery, the stereo, the wheels and tires, those all have value, don't they? And he goes, not much. And I said, but do you remember when you said nothing of value is taken from the car? And that's right around when the judge stopped me and just said, excuse me, hang on a second. And so I know there are people out there who like to think that racism does not exist in our world anymore. Somehow we've, we've eliminated that in its entirety. And, and if you want to believe that, that's great. If you live in a world where that seems true to you, congratulations. Uh, but I can tell you that uh, in my 31 years of practice, I handled probably a dozen insurance denial claims with two of the big uh, companies that you hear about that have a common word in their names. And um, the one thing they all had in common was it was a minority who'd had their claim denied. I never had a rich white person come into my office and say, Steve, my claim was denied. They're accusing me of burning down my own house. Never happened. Never happened. Oh, and I've never had the guy come in and say they've accused me of stealing my own car either. So there you go. Um, but we'll see what happens. And remember, a lawsuit is just allegations, and they can defend it. But during the lawsuit, there's a period called discovery where the plaintiffs and the defendant will trade information. And so if this evidence exists, as they're alleging it does, it will get very, very interesting to see what happens at trial. So there you go from lawandcrime.com. Will Sues sent it to me, and Allura Nanos wrote this. State Farm hit with massive racial discrimination lawsuit over automated system that allegedly treats black homeowners with extra suspicion. I want to tell you a quick note also. I've mentioned once or twice before that I have a second channel on YouTube. It's a little different than Leto's Law. It's actually the name of this channel, Steve Leto. But I have a channel called Steve Leto Vault. On that channel, I repost a lot of the old videos that I'd taken down off my main channel. So they were just sitting in a hard drive, and somebody said, Steve, do you ever repost those or anything? And I'm like, oh. So I have Steve Leto Vault, and I put up the videos there. But at least once a week, I also put up a video 
fresh video that I just decide to do at the end of the week. It's traditionally on a Friday. And uh, it's kind of, in the old days, I used to routinely do videos where I would have my gripe or uh, <laughs> venting videos once a week or so, where I would, I would just talk about things that occurred to me over the week or with correspondence that I had with people uh, responding to my channel. So uh, if you get a chance, please check that out. There's like 14,000 subscribers there. And um, if you ever wonder about my old videos, you can find them there. And also some other off-topic stuff. So Steve Leto Vault, the link is in the description below. Questions or comments, put them below. Those will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. No matter how much you push the envelope, it'll still be stationary.